Thanks so much for listening to No Lions Here with me, Big Panda. Hey guys, welcome to No Lions Here. This is Big Panda, and I am a recovering sex addict. Um, so episode number three, um, definitely going to touch, get back into treatment a little bit. Want to kind of fill you guys in on some some of the current situation. I think the last time we talked was, um, it was Sunday, it was what, nine, ten days ago. Um, and I said at the beginning that at that point in time, I had not been sexually sober. Um so Sunday after the next couple days were pretty rough. I was still feeling a lot of shame in what I had been doing and just not ready to necessarily pull myself out or at least the the routine that I had been keeping up with my recovery seemed like an unclimbable mountain at that point. Um, I normally don't do meetings on Mondays. Normally my meeting schedule is Tuesday, Thursdays for sure, Wednesdays, uh, and then Sundays uh, if need be. Um, so I remember I, I hit my home group on Tuesday, and this is this group is a it, it's an amazing group. It's uh, it's actually all on Zoom um, with COVID and everything. When I got into recovery. Things were still on Zoom, um, and I found this. Was, I think I was three days out of treatment, and I went to the SAA Recovery um, website, and they've got a list of it's really cool. They've got a list of basically every meeting that you could hit, whether it be you know on the phone, Zoom, or in person. And um, at first, I was doing a lot of phone meetings, and phone meetings, I found that I kind of lost my they. They didn't hold my attention. I found myself because I, I wasn't seen, so therefore, who knows? I'm there. I know I'm there, but nobody else does. Um, so I could absolutely pass that off as attending a meeting. Yet I remember the first couple times. I mean, I was still on my phone cruising apps, uh, trying to find people to hook up with right out of treatment. Because um, the first couple days out of treatment were were really tough, and and I'll get into those a little little later on. Um, but this meeting was the first Zoom meeting that I found. They meet on Tuesdays, Thursdays. A great group of guys, anywhere from twenty to thirty guys in the meeting, and um, I've been going there for now six months, um, to at least twice a week. So uh, they've been really great. It's been it's it's been awesome, and I've made some really good connections. And I'm hoping to get some of those guys onto the podcast um, and share their stories and. And there's some, there's again, there's some really good guys. So, so I feel very safe in this meeting. I feel very safe, very secure, very supported. Um, and if you ever find that in a meeting, stick with that meeting. You know, that's that's so key in in the recovery process is is finding that support and, and finding that safety. And man, I'm I'm getting emotional just talking about it. Just just thinking about these guys, and, and it doesn't help. I, I was literally just, I got off of a meeting with those guys and came straight into the studio. So, um, the, the support is, it's, it's definitely there and, and just thinking about those guys and I can see all their faces and like it Tuesdays and Thursdays are honestly really good days for me. I, I have trouble sleeping on Tuesdays, uh, because of just, just the hope that I get out of these meetings that they just, 
they, they make me want to keep going. They make me want to just build on that momentum no matter what kind of day I'm having um, to the point where my body's so amped up that I have trouble sleeping on Tuesdays. So um, so I went to this meeting uh, last Tuesday, and I mean, I was a nerd. I was a wreck. You know, I didn't. I don't want to admit that I failed. I don't want to admit that. You know, I've. I think the last time I checked in with them, I was a hundred plus days sober from uh, my inner circle activities, and so I just I felt so shame and so down. I just I felt like I didn't deserve to be there. Like, man, these guys, these guys, you know, or the, the I'm gonna get judged. You know, these guys are. Some of these guys have years and years of sobriety, and, and yes, that is the goal. Um, however, you know, we claim progress instead of perfection. So. Um, so I, I did what I was supposed to do in that situation and I opened up and I told everybody where I was at and I actually, I acted out before the meeting, um, in the form of, of porn and masturbation and, uh, I almost didn't go to the meeting at all. And, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to justify not doing a zoom meeting and the in-person ones I could see be a little bit easier to justify not going to them, but the Zoom ones are are so hard to justify. So if I'm justifying not doing a Zoom meeting, I'm I'm in a bad place. I'm in a bad place, and I need to be on that meeting. Um, so like I said, I acted out before the meeting, went to the meeting, and I shared and I cried. And man, I got I had so much support, so much support from everybody, and and that felt that felt really good and you know i was open and honest about the, you know i don't feel like i deserve here i feel like my recovery at this point is an unclimbable mountain that you know because i slipped i i basically have to start back at square one when you know that's not the case that's that's my addict brain trying to um to keep me in that addictive cycle of you're not good enough you don't deserve which are all very old tapes for me um that have played in my head throughout my life uh, and all they've ever done was just keep me in my addiction. Um, so talking about it, bringing it to light, that that really helps me break the cycle. Um, if I can tell somebody what I'm going through and they respond with love and support, then it, it shuts off all those other bad thoughts about not being good enough, not being worth it. Um, nobody loves you. Um, because that's that's so far from the truth. That's so far from the truth, and and that's that. But that's at the same time, that's a constant battle. Even knowing that, still, where the places where my brain takes me, it there's days where I feel like that's not true. Even though I'm surrounded by all this love and support uh, from people around me, and and a lot of this has to do with uh, the ex girlfriend Patricia, and you know how she is the one that i really want this validation from she is the one that i want to accept me and and she's not accepting me and so that's that's really taken a toll on me um and it's almost like well if i have her if i have her acceptance then i'm good when really i don't need to base my acceptance on external things i have everything within myself to give myself what i need validation um support love um and it's all about finding those things inside of myself to realize i don't need external things to to tell me that hey panda you're a good person or, or you're doing the right thing I, I don't don't i don't need those things um i can do that with all of myself and so that's a that's a constant battle because i'm very new to all this um even being in the program for seven months uh there's still a lot i gotta learn long way to go 
Um, and I've made some 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 really big steps in the in the right direction, and so I feel really good about that. So so I shared in the meeting, and then turns out I I acted out after the meeting as well with porn and masturbation, and you know I I don't know if there there might be some thoughts of well shit what was the point of going to that meeting then if you're going to do that well. At that point in time, I was still under a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Yes, I had shared, and yes, that brought some relief, but also uh, right after that, I talked to my sponsor, and I kind of disclosed the exact nature of my actions, and and I'll get into those at some point in time. I'm not too sure when, um, but I definitely will dive into all that stuff, but there's definitely some of the behaviors that that take place in my addiction are, are very shameful. Um, nothing I, I ever did was ever illegal um, or that I could ever get arrested for, but still it's not not something that's been very accepted in my family at all um, or the kind of the kind of household that I grew up in. Um, so Tuesday from Tuesday on things were things were rocky. Um, Wednesday Wednesday had a really tough day. Um, I was talking to a guy in the program and, you know, him and his girlfriend had just broken up and we had shared a lot of similarities in our relationships, my relationship with Patricia and his relationship with his ex that brought on a lot of resentment, a lot of resentment towards Patricia. Um, I, at this point in time, I hadn't heard from her in three weeks. Um, the last time I had texted her, we, I asked her if I could tell her how I felt about her and, you know, she said that. You know, she'll always love me. She'll always have a place in her heart for me and always care about me. But right now she could just be friends. And she didn't know if I wanted to hear what she, what I don't, she was unsure if I wanted to tell her what I wanted to say, knowing that. And I responded with, well, you know what? I, I, I believe it would bring me some healing and I would like to, you know, tell, tell you these things. I need to be vulnerable with you. Um, and I truly believe that that would that would help me in the healing. And then I just never got any response. And it's at this point in time, it had been over three weeks since I'd heard from her. So, and that's what kind of kicked me into my cycle, along with some other things, um, that kind of kicked me into the cycle and kind of gave me the case of the fuck. It's like, hey, what do I got? I got nothing else. She's not she's not taking me back right now. So, why am I doing this when I'm doing this for myself? And that is, a, that's clear to me. I'm doing this for myself. So, so Wednesday was really tough. Um, and then Friday, I was late to work on Friday, which, which in its own right causes a lot of anxiety for me, uh, because I'm going to think I'm going to lose my job. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on Friday. You know, I'm still, I'm trying to actively pull myself out. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting meetings. I'm, I'm talking to people. I'm, I'm open about what I've got going on, but yet still fighting this internal battle of all these feelings and fears and sadness that, that just make me want to run away. I just want to run away. I want to hide in my addiction. And I basically just want to orgasm until life's over. Um, so that way I don't ever have to deal with life on life's terms because that's too hard for me too hard for me to do um so friday i kind of got back into some 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 old ways i was um i was i was on some apps uh basically in my addiction what i like to do is i will start with apps i never go straight to porn um what i like to do is i go into hookup apps and and i will try to find people on these hookup apps and and i will 
I will message these people and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sext, we'll, um, you know, get that, that, that tension going, send pictures. And, but in my mind, there's a fantasy of what this person has to look like. Um, and if a lot of times people don't match that because what it is, is it's a fantasy. Uh, it's not real life. So uh, basically these people won't add up to what the fantasy is. So then I'll get this sexual charge from this conversation of, of being wanted and validation. And then from there, I will then turn to porn and masturbation because porn and masturbation have never let me down. Um, so that's kind of the cycle. Um, and then once I, if I find somebody that really fits that mold, then, Hey, we're going to try to, we're going to try to pursue that and turn this into a physical thing. So Friday I was cruising, uh, found somebody, um, and they were actually, they were two hours away from where I lived. So I got off work Friday and, and I'm, I'm tired and I'm like, you know what? I was supposed to go out with a friend that night. Um, his friend was kind of flaky, so I didn't think it was necessarily going to happen. So I uh, didn't have to let anybody down on that front. Um, so I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to drive two hours and I'm going to go meet this person. Uh, and I'm going to do something that I regret. But you know what? Right now, I don't really care. Uh, right now, it's all about that stimulation, that 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 dopamine drips going. That that I'm, I'm feeling it. Let's let's go do this. This is this is exciting, but it's also fucking terrifying. It is terrifying um new situation new person you don't know what situation you're going into these are the places that i'm willing to put myself in my addiction when i'm active in my addiction consequences go out the window my safety goes out the window i don't care i don't care um and i'm hurting myself i'm, I'm just i'm hurting myself and could potentially end up dead um so i'm I'm on the road. Um, I got a two-hour drive. Uh, I'm about I'm about an hour away from the destination, and you know I'm in my car. That's what I love. Some of my alone time is in my car driving to or from. I like driving. I used to drive a lot for work, so driving has always appealed to me. It's kind of just a calming for me. I can play music. I can I'm by myself. Um, it can be therapeutic for me. Um, so at this point in time, you know, I'm just in my head the whole time and I'm like, man, Panda, you don't want to do this. Like we don't want to do this. So I started making phone calls. I picked up my phone, picked up my phone, started making phone calls. And, you know, they've, they've told us in the program that, you know, sometimes all it takes is, is one phone call. And even if that person doesn't pick up the action of making, picking up the phone, dialing that number, getting a voicemail. That, you know, the, at times that can be enough to pull you out and make you realize, oh, shit, this is not what I want to be doing. Well, let's, you know, could be metaphorically. In this case, it was physically turn the car around. And I made five phone calls, five phone calls. First phone call didn't answer. Second phone call didn't answer. Third phone call didn't answer. And it wasn't enough to pull me out. I was still headed in the same direction. So... Finally, on the fifth and, and final phone call that I made, my buddy answered, who's actually not in the program, um, but just a just a, a really good friend of mine. I've mentioned him before, hoping to get him on the podcast at some point in time. But I mean, dude's been there for me for day one, and man, as soon as he answered, I I turned the car around, I took that exit, and I turned the car around, I turned the car around, 
And him and I talked for an hour on the way back to my house. We talked for an hour on the way back to my house, and and it was really nice. I, I man, just such a load came off my shoulders. It had been a it had been a while since we talked to him since the week before. I was, you know, active in my addiction, which means I'm I'm isolating myself. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to. I don't want anybody to try to pull me out of this because I'm doing this. Don't try to pull me out of this. I'm doing this. Um, so we talked and, and we had a really good talk, man. I mean, we laughed, we cried. Um, you know, sometimes we don't even talk about what I'm going through. We just talk about anything, anything that's going on, um, anything at all. It doesn't matter. Um, I got one buddy who likes to, to, he likes to write jokes. So he likes to tell me his jokes. And like we did, we did that the other day and it was awesome, man. It was just like, it was such a, it was such a great, it was just an in the moment, just it it brought us together, right? Just something silly as him writing jokes and me laughing at him and me giving him feedback. It was amazing. Um, so not all the phone calls have to be about what exactly you got going on. Sometimes just talking gets you out of your own head. Uh, so we talked, and as soon as I pulled into my driveway, I said, "Hey, man, I, I need you to stay on the phone with me. Um, I'm gonna delete. I'm gonna delete." Um, the apps. I'm going to delete numbers. I'm going to block numbers. So just stay on the phone with me. So when I got on my phone, I had a picture, I had a text from um, a couple friend, a friend of mine that's a married couple that they've been there. They've been there from the beginning for with me as well. And it's, it's really nice to get the female perspective side of things, especially with the stuff I'm going through with Patricia right now. And I hadn't seen them in a while. So they had texted me a picture of a bonfire and said, fire, come on over. So I said, I called them. I said, hey, I'm coming over. Um, Here's my situation. I was literally driving to go act out. And I turned the car around. uh, And I need to to be with people that I trust right now. So ended up going over to their house. um, Had a really great time with them. And at one point in time, they've they've got a big backyard, and down the backyard, they kind of goes down a hill to like these little power boxes by the woods. And I think at one point in time, I just went down there and sat and just stared up at the sky, and and I prayed. That was like the one thing all week that I had been missing was my higher connection with my higher power. Um, I had been doing the meetings, I had been staying connected, but man, I just didn't think that I deserved God's love at that point in time. Um, I just thought, man, you're the worst person. You don't deserve that. If you go crawling back, oh, it's, it's going to take you a while to get back into his good graces. And uh, so I just, I just prayed, just started praying and just thanking him for helping me, helping me pull myself out of it. You know, it's I got to give a lot of credit to my higher power. Yeah, I made those actions, but there's something else at play. There's something else at play going on and. And higher power is a huge part of the program. So, um, so I got home. Uh, it was about, about a little before one o'clock, I believe, in the morning. Got home, went upstairs, and sat down in bed, and I felt a lot better. And watching TV, about one forty-five rolls around, and and um, I was like, oh, I left my phone in my car. Let me go get my phone real quick. Uh, I want to make sure that I have that with me. So I went down to the car, got my phone, came back upstairs. Uh, I looked at my phone. I had a message. I had a text from Patricia. Um, and this is the, again. This is the first time I'd heard from her in three and a half weeks, and she's got she's got two little boys, and um, you know, I was part of their life. They're a big part of our life. We we lived together at the end there, and um, she split custody. Um, 
so you know we yeah we'd have a few days without them but for the most part you know they were with us um and she had apologized for not getting back to me um and she had told me that the father of her kids had passed away and that things were really hard and that she was listening to Tyler Childers and she had thought about me. And, um, man, I was floored. I was really floored. It was such a, a heavy yet positive text message at the same time. Um, the, uh, the dad is, was not, not in good health. Um, addiction wise, he was, he was, he's an addict. He was an addict. Um, a lot of pain there for him. Um, he, we always said, Patricia and I always said that the guy was either going to end up in jail or dead, um, and that he would eventually be out of the boys' lives for good, um, and it would be one of those two paths, either jail or dead. Um, so just to kind of, and I had heard that he had gotten evicted back earlier this year and was homeless, and that she had had the boys full time, and. One that makes me really happy um, because that's what she's always wanted. Uh, however, I know that that was such a struggle for her, and she had kind of she had told me about that a couple times. Um, so I don't know. At that point in time, I just I said to myself like, and it was it was pretty cool to realize like I needed to take myself out of that situation. I needed to take whatever I wanted, whatever I wanted to say, whatever whatever panda needed. Let's let's we gotta remove that man. We gotta we gotta be there for her right now. We gotta be there for those little boys. Like yeah, her and his relationship was not great. He made her life a living hell. Um and at the end of the day, those little boys don't have a father now. Man, I can't even imagine how hard that is. And that that just that hit me really hard because you know, I I wanna be there for them. I there's there's no secret that I want Patricia back really bad. Um I wanna be in their life. Um, I want to be there for those boys even before all of this. So this just makes it makes it that much harder, man. Like I, I want to go home so bad. I want to go home. And I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to. I don't know. Um, so so that was tough. Uh, you know, we, we exchanged some texts uh, that Saturday. And, you know, again, I just I kept my stuff out of it. And really just made it about her and the boys and, and, hey, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, you guys mean a lot to me. Whatever you need, please just just let me know. Um, and so Saturday was, was uh, it was heavy, real heavy. This, as the day went on, the, the feelings of sadness just, just grew and grew in me. Um, and that's, you know, all I was doing was just sitting and feeling my feels. That's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Just feeling my feels. And, and so I had already planned that night of hitting a meeting. Um, I already knew I was going to hit a meeting. Um, there was someone in one of my, on a Saturday meeting that I attend every once in a while, uh, that was going to have people over after the meeting for dinner. So I was like, okay, Hey, this is healthy for me, you know? getting back into things this week. I need to hit as many meetings as I can. Um, I like this meeting. I like the people at it. Let's go to this meeting. Let's go to this dinner and then we'll see where the night goes. Um, so I already plan on hitting the meeting. So I hit the meeting, went to this dinner. Um, and then I drove back to the couple's house that I had been at on Friday night. Um, 
And it was about a 45-minute drive, and, and I'm, in, I'm just in my car and just driving and thinking. And, man, what, what really hit me in the whole situation is, is the, the dad that passed away, you know, he was very heavy into hard drugs. Uh, and he's, he's an addict. Well, guess what? I'm an addict, too. And at that point in time, I just really felt for him. I felt really bad. I felt so sad for him. I knew exactly what he was going through, the pain that he was feeling. And it just shows like the consequences of an addict not getting the help that they need can be death. And that was... That was interesting because, again, I didn't like the guy. Didn't like the guy at all. Uh, him and I actually got into it a couple times. I figured at one point in time him and I were going to have to fist fight um, just because he was that big of an asshole. Uh, but in that moment, and still to this day, I'm like, man, I feel for you, dude. I feel for you. I feel for you. I know what you were going through. I can truly say that I know what you were going through. And then I'm so sorry he didn't get the help. And I'm so sorry that those little boys lost two men in their life to addiction. They lost me in January. And they lost him in September. And I I don't know if... It makes me feel weird comparing myself to to that, to saying, you know, they, they lost two guys to addiction. Because I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Take that as you will. That's 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 how I feel. I said it. And I'm gonna go with that. Uh so anyway, I got a got a text off to her, you know, a pretty pretty real honest text about I really wish I could give her a hug and I'm there for her and and then I asked her straight up, you know, what can I how can I be there for you? Because that's the most important thing that I want to try to get across to her right now is I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. So uh so so Sunday rolls around, Sunday meetings, I do a step meeting at my sponsor's house, which goes for a couple hours. Uh, and then I decided to kind of stick around and we we fixed this lady's tire and and it was really great. It was just nice to just just chill uh and hang out with my sponsor and another member and and just just get that time in with them. Uh got home and uh got a buddy of mine that that we we started working out together. So Sunday was going to be our first day and um, so I went and worked out with him and came back home and I'm sitting in my room and I'm like, man, I'm really bored. And and being alone and bored is not a good recipe for me at all. Um, you know, here and there it's okay. Cause I need that time. I need that me time to kind of recharge and refresh. But if it's too much time, that's when things can go sideways for me. Um, and I could feel it coming on. So I was like, I gotta get out of here. Let me, let me take the dog. Uh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a big dog that he's my boy. He's, he's been through, he's been through all this with me and he's, he's loved me no matter what. Um, I mean, I do feed him every day, so that, that probably plays into it. I like to, I like to tug the rope with him every now and then too. So that's definitely, you know, I'm buying his love with that, but no, uh, dogs are great. Um, so I took him out front and, you know, I'm just kind of sitting there, just, I'm trying to pray, trying to pray. He's running around. Well, our next door neighbor, I guess she was out of town and her friend was, was house sitting 
And this lady comes from around the back of the house and my dog runs over to the fence to greet her. And she, you know, we're sitting there and she's, she's talking to me and I'm kind of not, not super close to her, but she's kind of talking and she's saying how she's, oh yeah, she's house sitting and she's going to be there for a few more days. And, and she mentions that she's lonely and that, you know, she really wishes she could find a single man. Well, at that, when I heard those words, my brain kicked in. And let me just say, guys, that this lady was not a looker. Um, and her exact words were, if I put my teeth in, I look 10 years younger. Um, and in my mind, all I can think of is, I can have sex with this person. This person is putting it out there. I'm an all right looking guy. I believe I can I believe I can get what I want from this person. Um not forcefully, nothing like that. Um so I kind of got a little closer and you know, I brought up that I was single and you know, she's like, "Oh, well, maybe we can go out sometime." And I'm thinking, "I don't want to take you out. I just want to have sex with you." And that's all. Um and I said you know, she made the comment about going out sometime, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking this in my head, and I go, I say to her, I said, well, you know what, I can I can come over later and have a beer with you, uh, and she was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we can definitely do that, and I'm and, um, thinking, you know, talking times, and she's like, well, I can come knock on your door, and I live with my mother, and I was like, nope, do not come to my door, I will come to your door, um, and she was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, sounds good, you know, just a few hours, and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So I went inside, back up into my room um, by myself, and I'm sitting there, and I am I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this at all, but I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go inside, and I'm going to say, hey, I don't really want to date. I don't want to hang out. I just want to have sex. If you're cool with that, then I'll stick around. If you're not cool with that, I'll finish this beer, and then I'm going to go home. Um, and so I'm, I'm playing this scenario over and over in my head, and, and of course I'm not thinking of any of the consequences. My, 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 my frontal lobe is offline at this point. All I'm thinking about is I'm in survival mode at this point. You know, very heavy weekend. I've got a lot of feelings. And, yeah, Saturday I did a really good job of feeling those feelings. Um but the weight of them was still just so heavy, so heavy on me um, that clearly I saw an out and I wanted to take that out. And it was absolutely going to be something that I regretted. Um, but I wasn't thinking like that. I didn't care. Uh, so I told myself 6, 7.30, 7.30, I am going to, uh, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go over to this person. I'm going to go to this house and I'm going to say what I said I'm going to do. And... 6.51, I'm, I'm about to get up and to get in the shower. Uh, I get a response from Patricia. And, you know, it, it, last text I sent her, I said, uh, you know, how can I be there for you? She said, I really don't know. I really I don't know. Um, I'm just taking this day by day. I appreciate your words, though. How are you doing? And immediately, man, my fucking brain, I... It was like a thump on the head. 
just a thump on the head. It just shook me up and said, oh, I cannot go do what I'm about to go do. I need to get out of this house. I need to start making phone calls. I need to find a trusted friend that I can go talk to. I can just go be, even just go be with, just sit with somebody. I don't even need to talk to him. I just want to go sit. I, I'm going to talk, but I don't need to talk. I just, I need to be around somebody that supports and loves me. Um, so I started making phone calls and, you know, uh, throughout the program, you know, the, the great thing about Zoom is you get all these different guys from all, all, across, all across the country. Same with the guys I was in treatment with all across the country. Yet the downfall is they're all across the country. They're not in my backyard. So I've only got a limited amount of people that are trusted people for me that I can call to go be with them. And it's a Sunday night. Um, I don't work on Mondays, so um, I'm I'm free all night. But like you know, people are starting to kind of wind down for the night. A lot of my friends, most of my friends, are married, having kids, have kids, whatever. So they can't just do things at a drop of the hat like I can. Um, so that was really really kind of tough for me, kind of frustrating at first. Like I'm making calls, nobody's answering, and I've, I'm on the phone with my buddy from LA. And, you know, there's nothing he can do. He said he's going to stay on the phone with me, and he's full support. Yeah, man, I, yeah, I agree. You need to get out. You need to get out. You need to get out. Um, so finally I had a buddy call me back that was like, hey, well, I'm, you know, I go to bed early, but, hey, come on over. Um, so I was able to get out of the house and get away from the situation because I knew that if I stayed home, I was going to go do something. And I was going to do something that either I was going to regret or I was going to make an ass out of myself going over there being like, oh, hey, I want to have sex with you. Uh, and then this person be like, what? That's not what this is about. We get out of here. Um, so I was able to get out of it. And, you know, it's it's so weird because Patricia has been such a motivation for me. Her and her boys have been such a motivation for me to, to get healthy. Because uh, like I said, and I'll say it many times, without her, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be in the program. I wouldn't have gone to treatment. I wouldn't be getting my shit together if it wasn't for her. And, and I owe her a lot. And I'd really like an opportunity to to make it up to her. Um, and to be there for her and to be a mentor and a father figure for those boys. Will that happen? That's not up to me. That's up to my higher power. And if that's supposed to happen, then it'll happen. If not, it will happen with somebody else. Um, it's just right now there's still a lot of emotional ties to Patricia. Um, so that's been a huge motivational piece for me. And I believe that my higher power has used her throughout the months to kind of motivate me when I couldn't find motivation inside myself. Uh, cause that's really hard with being so new at all of this. It's really hard to break those old tapes of you're a piece of shit. You're not good enough. Um, so I kind of had to use something else. Uh, and she was that for me. And, and, and I, and I prayed a lot about it and, had a lot of dreams about her. Maybe one episode I'll get into kind of the dreams and kind of how I've interpreted them and have anything come to fruition because of them. Um, but I just, I, there's something there inside of me, even after she tells me that she just wants to be friends, that there's something more there. This this isn't finished yet. And and I don't know what that means. And, and part of me not knowing is terrifying for me because I just, I want to know. I want to know yes or no, is this happening or not? When I, I can't know, I can't know. 
uh, that's out of my control, but yet I still want to try to control it anyway. That was a big thing for me is control. I want to control the situation. I want to control everybody as best I can. And when I couldn't, I was terrified. And I think I've touched on this before. Um, so I don't know. It's just there's now with, with her and I, there's some some open communication. Things have been positive. We've been texting more than we have. Um, normally in the past, it was I'd text her and she would, it would be a couple weeks before I hear back from her. A week, two weeks, three weeks, a month sometimes uh, before I even hear back from her. And I realized that at that point in time, I was trying to push my agenda on her. I was trying to control the situation by, you know, talking about my feelings when she hasn't really agreed to hear my feelings. Um, it's good to talk about my feelings. I have to do that with people that agree to hear me and be there for me. And she has not outright come out and said that yet. So I was always trying to push my agenda, get something out of her. Hey, I want to tell you how I feel. Hey, I want to know how you feel. And that just, just made her close up. And, and I completely understand why I haven't heard from her. I'm asking you know, these things when she doesn't know. Um, I truly believe that she doesn't know how or if I'm supposed to fit into her life. And that's hard for me. That's hard for me to deal. It's a hard pill for me to swallow uh, because all I want to do is say, hey, look, look, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I've got a lot to offer. Please let me offer you when I cause a lot of pain. I cause a lot of pain, a lot of betrayal. Don't know if that's something that ever can be fixed with her and I. But for the time being, I'm just going to go about this as her friend and just try to be there and try to take my agenda out of it and just be there for her. Um, without trying to control it, without having any expectations, just praying about it, giving it up to God and saying, hey, if this is supposed to be, eventually it will work itself out and it will be. And if it's not, then it's not. Um, again, my beliefs on it are, I believe something's supposed to happen there. I don't know what. Don't know what, won't know until it happens. So until then, I just got to stay on the path. Um, so that was a little bit about kind of just just in the last week a lot of stuff man very heavy stuff for me um and i'm staying sober through it all and and every day this weekend i got tempted by somebody from my past um trying to come back into my life in a sexual way and uh, some of that was my doing um by reaching out to people last week um and then forgetting to delete their numbers because i forgot about them i didn't have them saved i so Every day this week, I got tempted in some way or another, and I'm really proud of how I was able to pull myself out of it and and stay on the path, um, and that means a lot to me, um, and it just shows the growth that I'm able to kind of handle the kind of, I'm, I'm able to handle life on life's terms um, and use the tools that the program has given me to pull myself out of it, um, and that every time we pull ourselves out, we're that much stronger. Um, so going from completely totally weak to being able to pull myself out of three, four different situations to where I could have easily just blown it all and said, screw it. I don't care. Um, and everything happened for a reason this weekend too. Nothing was coincident at all. So I believe getting a response from Patricia was the result of my hard work. And then, you know, getting a text from her when I'm literally about to go act out with somebody that I don't want to go act out with, there's something there. Um, and I just, I gotta thank God for that. Uh, very grateful. Uh, so I do want to touch on treatment just a little bit before we get off here. 
Um, and actually, as I'm flipping through my notes here, I you know I read, I read my day two, um, I read my day two journal. So as I was flipping through trying to find my day three, I came across my letter from my addict explaining why he formed and how he has tried to help me. Uh, so this was a, I believe this was a day two journal entry task that they gave us. Um, like I said, every night they gave us homework. So figured I'd, uh, I'd go ahead and read this. Um, I haven't read this since I've written it. Um, we're going to see where this goes. Um, so again, this is the letter from my addict to me explaining why he formed and how he has tried to help me. Uh, Panda, this is the addict in you speaking. I'm not sure why I formed and it doesn't feel like I've ever tried to help you. The trauma we experience has something to do with it. And I believe I formed to help you cope due to the lack of growth from your trauma. I believe at first that was an escape for you. Escaping the fact that you had a hard time opening it up and feeling vulnerable, but that escape turned to habit, which then led to more pain, guilt, and feelings of shame, which have always been there, but acting out was my way of helping you forget about those things. As far as the sex addiction goes, I tried to keep you from getting close to people so that you wouldn't get vulnerable, which meant I could, li- that which meant I could live and thrive. I led you to believe that if you were vulnerable with those that were close to you, that you would not be understood. So if no one knew, no one could reject you, and we both know how you feel about rejection. If people didn't reject you when you were vulnerable, then there would be no room for me in your life. Signed, your addict. That's an interesting journal entry. It's really interesting. I'd like to, might go back one day and, and rewrite that. That's you could really tell that at that point in time, I just had no idea what I was doing, no idea what I was doing, and still, still pretty unsure of things. Um, now I've got a, a much better understanding of, of how my addiction formed, why it was there, and and the purpose that it served. Um, so just another little, just another little trick from from treatment that I've learned, and, and that I think that this is good that that I'm revisiting this. I think at this point, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and close it out with you guys. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, I want to close with the serenity prayer. Uh, this is something that is said in all meetings, and it's a very powerful, yet very simple prayer. Um, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Until next time, guys, have a good one.